This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. <gasps> Only one sale away from the Shopify 1000 Club. Is that a thing? Wow, Mom. Have a cookie. I'll take one. <laughs> Dad. These are delicious. You need to sell them. Mm-mm, you should. Mom. No, seriously. Let's set you up on Shopify. It's easy. I always knew you would build your own business. Guys. Yum. Yum. Okay, if Mom can do it, then why not? Number 1000. Start selling today with Shopify for free. Sell online, in person, and anywhere else your future holds. And manage it all from a single place. No design or coding experience necessary. It's why every minute of every day, something amazing happens. A new seller makes their first sale with Shopify. Plus, with on-demand business courses and 24/7 support, Shopify is with you every step of the way. So, when you're ready to bring your idea to life, build it on Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of ideas around the world. This is possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free 22 go to shopify.com slash free 22 and start selling today shopify.com slash free 22 drivers who switch and save with progressive save over 700 dollars on average and those savings add up imagine what you could buy in the future so i used the savings from switching to progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game you know between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago yeah i'm a big alaska palm trees fan which is a team now in the future so switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is a special episode of the show, as I'll be talking to Scott Tanfield, Milo, and El Grino from Friends of Fulham. I have some topics of my own to talk to the guys about to start the show. Then after that, we'll have a bunch of topics that were submitted specifically for this show on Friends of Fulham, and we'll get to as many as we can. This show is a partnership between Cottage Talk and Friends of Fulham, and I hope we can do this often. Before we go on any further, though, I have to welcome everyone to the show. First, Mr. Tanfield, how are you doing tonight? Very well, Russ, and it's good to be back. It's great to have you back, Scott. This should be fun. 
I'm glad that uh, we could get the other guys on and we can go through all these topics. There were a good amount of topics on Friends of Form. Yeah, I mean, we had a good response. Um, we put post out and it should be interesting. Um, so, yeah. I look forward to that. All right, let me introduce Milo to the show. Milo, welcome to Cottage Talk. Oh, well, thank you so much for having us on, Russ. We uh, really appreciate it. Nice to meet everyone. Well, it's great to have you on, Milo. This should be a fun show, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Let me bring back El Grino. He mentioned it had been many years since he's been on. El Grino, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, not bad. Thanks. Just uh, echo the guys. Thanks for having us on. And, yeah, it's been a long hiatus since I was last on, so <laughs> I hope I've, I've still got the knack of chatting rubbish. <laughs> well, I think this should be a fun show. Let's not waste any time. I have some topics for you guys in the Cottage Talk Roundtable. That's how we're going to start the show. Milo, I'm going to start with you. What are you hoping to see from Fulham for the rest of the season? Well, um, I think I, I think the Parker philosophy um, is is the fight for the badge, isn't it? Really? Yes. Um, and I think that sort of built a career on it, hadn't it? Really, um, the old godlike love the trier uh, technique, which is fine because you know, no one's going to complain about Fulham um, fighting to the end of the season, and I think that's it's a good start. But I think. I'd like to see a, a plan, not just for next season, but for the next few years, a plan to get back into the Premiership. And um, some of those techniques put in now, early on, you know, it doesn't matter what, what, the, what the plan is. Right. We discussed, we discussed a few things, haven't we, on, on various threads, like Colin White's, which way to go thread, those wanting to retain players, those wanting to um, rebuild from scratch. It doesn't really matter as long as we sort of, we pick one and, and, and sort of we can see it be put into practice early on. That's a great way to start the show. It sounds like to me, Milo, you want a long-term plan shown in front of you by the end of the season. You want to see the starting point. Yeah, I mean, how many threads, I mean, how many times have we discussed which way we'd go? Um, but I just think that, you know, fighting isn't enough. We need to see players brought back in from the margins, players like McDonald, Stephen Johansson, Sessegnon. Yep. We need to have a good atmosphere so that players like Seri and Anguisa, who haven't performed that well this year, can start to reconnect with the players, with the fans, you know, give them a reason to stay. And for me, you know, I, I dropped the low needs that aren't going to be here next year. And, right. and these are some of the things that I would introduce. And, and you know. Okay, excellent. It's funny because uh, I've had a few people suggest play some of the youngsters, and I can understand that and maybe not play some of the lone players because they're not part of Fulham's future. That's a very interesting uh, beginning to the show there, Milo. El Grino, over to you. Your thoughts for the rest of the season. If you want to comment on what Milo just talked about, feel free to. Yeah, so I think Milo's kind of he's, – he's hit the nail on the head there a bit. But I think it's, it's the rest of the season for me is split in between – now and then after we're confirmed relegated because, let's face it, we're going down. But I think until that's set in stone and that's concrete, Parker's kind of got to cover his back a bit and yep. play the, the Ricos and the, the Bubbles who probably aren't going to be here next season. And then once we're relegated, I think he can kind of do what he wants from there. You get a bit more free reign and hopefully then we can see some of the youngsters come in and actually see us trying to build some kind of spine for next season that we can build on with the players that are going to be around. 
and I'm sure he probably knows already who isn't isn't up for the fight and going to want to be here. Sure. I want to see the development of players like Matt O'Reilly and Stephen Sessignon. You know, they're playing at the under-23 level. Wouldn't it be nice to see them start to – I know that they are probably training with the first team, but do you want to see their development even at the end of the season going into the next season? It'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be great to have another kind of another Sessignon to a homegrown lad to right. get behind and and get the fans back on side. But at the same time, you can't throw him into the fire against Premier League opposition with a team that's not very good. Especially someone like Stephen Sessignon throwing him in at the back with leaking goals. I mean, you've got a way up. Is it going to be beneficial in the long run for him? By all means, get him, get him on the bench, get him involved in right. the match day squad, see what happens, bring him on every now and again. But I'd be reluctant to throw them all in at once. So you would be careful, but you're not against you know, basically expanding their development by getting them involved somewhat. Yeah, yeah. And I think if we look at it, we're not as blessed as we were. We had our golden generation of youth kids five six seven years ago this is true and now maybe we've got the the Sessignon brothers o'reilly elliot not yeah he's, he's father down, elliot, the, down the road yeah so he's he's probably too young to throw in but to give him that exposure maybe bring him along in the match day right squad a couple of spare substitute spots to put the youngsters in okay yeah, no, get, get them get them ready for next season when they may have a shot at getting involved, basically. Okay. Very good there, El Grino. Over to you, Scott. Your thoughts on what the guys just shared, and uh, what are you looking for for the rest of the season from Fulham? Yeah, I kind of agree with um, sort of El Grino. I mean, I was looking at the kind of uh, rest of the games left um, and the amount of points we can get. I mean, even if we lost the City and managed to win the remaining games, I think it only gives us something like 15 points or something, and we finish on 32. Right. And you've got the rest of the teams above us, obviously, to um, obviously drop points. And I think Cardiff have got a game in hand. So we're down. I think, you know, we're, we're finished. Yeah. That's been apparent since, obviously, the Burnley, uh, the Burnley game away. Um, and I think most fans now, including myself, have kind of accepted our fate. For me, it's a case now, I think, for Tony Khan, with the mistakes that have happened this season, um, I think it's a period for him to look back on what's gone wrong. Um, I think he has. He, he needs to have a good look at that squad. And I think more importantly, he needs to have a good look at Parker. I mean, there's still no guarantees that he will get the job full time. Um, sure. we, we we may have a candidate out there that the club are looking at. Um, but for me, I mean, Parker has to prove himself within this kind of period where I think he's going to have to win maybe, I reckon, a minimum of three games towards the end of the season um, to get any type of kind of you know recognition for the for the manager job full time. Um, so, I mean, for me, I would like to see a little bit of change, a little bit of different direction, which you know, we've seen in a couple of the home games against Chelsea, uh, Liverpool. A uh, bit of fight, a bit of passion for the badge. Um, is he really going to sort of integrate a few of the kind of youngsters into that side? Maybe, but I think it will do it towards the tail end of the season when we play maybe sort of like the new car, Cardiffs, maybe. Right. Um but yeah, I mean, for me, I think the planning or Tony Khan's really got to be planning for the drop now. Um, oh, totally, totally agree, Scott. 
sort of players, you know, players in mind. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past us now if we're sort of looking at certain kind of targets. Um, you know, who's going to be here, who isn't, because we know this already. Um, and obviously, you know, he'll be looking at Parker and looking at qualities there to, to see maybe come the end of the season whether he's going to be, you know, the right candidate for the job. Because I think realistically, I mean, I know a few fans are saying that, yeah, it'd be nice to go down again, more games, do this and do that. And, you know, we could really be down there for a couple of seasons. But I think realistically, the aim's got to be to bounce straight back. Um, you could you could go down for a couple of seasons, but then it could be three, it could be four, then you could be in trouble. So I think that's got to be Tony Khan's plan moving forward. Okay. I look at it this way, Scott. I'm glad that you talked about it in this light because I think it is an audition for Scott Parker. I think what Tony Khan needs to do, I think he has to look at the season that has uh, already passed, analyze all the players, analyze everything, take a hard look at everything that's been done, including the job he's done, and really just figure out how it all went wrong and then decide what his plan is for moving forward. I, I think even now he needs to start the planning, but I think you need to be reviewing and taking a hard look at everything dealing with the season. You need to find out what went wrong and you need to take a hard look at everything. And I think once you've done that analysis, then you can start moving forward. Yeah, no, I totally agree, Russ. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, we, we, we've got this totally wrong this season. Um, yes. The thing has been pointed at many sort of people and it's, you know, it's, it's a blame pie all over. But I mean, I don't, you know, I've watched them for years and I, and I don't think I've, I mean, apart from, you know, when we had no money and we were a poor side, I mean, difference being is that, you know, we're, we're in a good position and this 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 season has been atrocious, you know, um, so many things have gone wrong um, and we're unfortunately paying the price. Okay, excellent there, Scott. All right, guys, I have some very interesting topics for you now. Oh, Grigno, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to put you in the shoes of Tony Khan. We're just talking about him. It's the day after Fulham won the championship final. What would have been your plan for the club for the Premier League? We know what his plan was. What would you have done? Uh, well, I think straight off the bat, you've got, to, you've got to sign up as many of the lone players as possible. Obviously, Mitrovic, we did. Target, we missed out on. And we missed out on quite late, really. Right. Um, he should, they should have known. They should have known that we had enough gaps in the squad. Even if we signed the loan players, we we were bereft of enough quality, in my opinion. Um, one would assume they would have already had a list and they should have gone out and got it and not left scratching their heads. I mean, I think on deadline day, we went from signing um, one right back of Hugo Mallo to Montoya and then ended up with Fosu Mensa. And that just can't happen. You can't leave it that late, even though we obviously went up late being through the, the player final. Um, there, should, there should have been clear targets, should have been done and dusted before the first game of the season. But in hindsight, is that ever going to happen in today's world without going and spending even more than the extortionate amount that we did? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's funny you mentioned some of the lone players. I, I think the one huge miss, and listen, there, there are other mistakes, and you can blame Fulham or you can also blame Southampton. I keep going back, El Grino, to not getting target. He was a big one. He was a big one. And then we end up with Joe Bryan, who was better as a winger for Bristol 
than a fullback. So already you've got square pegs in round holes. Um, obviously, Sessegnon has been put back there in fits and starts throughout the season. Um, but yeah, that that was a big one. I mean, it could have been covered if Alf, Alfie Morton had been fit. I mean, I think he would have made a hell of a lot of difference yeah. and maybe covered a kind of plastered over some of the holes at left and right back. But unfortunately, not to be. But yeah, target was was a big miss, unfortunately. Absolutely. Let me just go back to you, and then uh, I'll go to the other guys because you brought up Alfie Mawson. And listen, they needed a center back. They needed a, a dominant center back. I understand why they went after Alfie Mawson. This is just my thoughts on this, El Grino, and I'm curious your thoughts. I wouldn't have signed him. I wouldn't have signed an injured player. Maybe that's just me. What do you make of that? Um, I don't know. Well, we've just seen Bayern Munich go and spend 60 million on a player who's just had knee surgery in um Hernandez, is it or Fernandez? I mean, it was it was a risk. It was a risk because they needed that risk, solidified. But, yeah, we need we needed a proper centre back. Which right from the he beginning, is, he's young, up and coming. He was obviously he wasn't ready at the start of the season, but you're thinking long term. Can we get to a point of kind of reasonable safety, and sure. then he kicks on in two, three, four years? But unfortunately, it went how it did, and we got stung. Yeah, I mean, originally, obviously, you bring in Callum Chambers as well, right. which would have been your cover, which, again, didn't quite work out, <laughs> and Lamarchand as well. So it's kind of... Yeah, we'll take, it wasn't we'll just take, him. We'll take, right. Yeah, we'll take Chambers for the season, knowing that Mawson is going to be there after a few months, had he stayed fit, and then he would have been there two, three, four years, and hopefully still will be. See, actually, that's a wonderful point, bringing up both of those players. Lamarchand, you, again, center back, and then you also had Calum Chambers as backup. Maybe that was the thought process, where we're getting Alfie Mawson for the long term. It's okay he's injured. We have these other center backs, like you just mentioned. It just didn't work. All right, Milo, I'm going to put you in the shoes of Tony Khan. As I just said, it's the day after Form 1, the championship final. What would have been your plan for the club for the Premier League? Um, well, I think I think with the benefit of hindsight, um, as we've seen on the forums over the last few months, you know, it's very easy to to pinpoint mistakes. I think sure. for us, um, with regards um, Mawson, I think there were mistakes that even if I was Tony Khan, I probably would have made too. I I, I would have signed Mawson. I think okay, young England international. Slightly reduced price, dropped down the league available. Yes, he was injured, but it looked a good deal. Um, I yeah. probably would have signed them. I, I probably would have picked that up. I could have. I could see myself making that mistake. Okay. Um, and also, you know, I, I might have. I, I might have led with bets in goal, for instance. But I, I could have well have seen myself getting Rico on loan as as backup. You know, so so some of the things that that Khan did, I could have seen myself replicating. Okay. However, I think I would have limited it. I wouldn't have got as many new first team players. I would have, I would have maybe got four. I would have focused my attention on on the fullbacks, like you said. Yep. Um, I think that Jakanovic's style and his formation heavily relies on fullbacks getting up and supporting play, retaining possession on the wings, and you know attacking in numbers. 
and building that pressure around the penalty area. And without those fullbacks, I think there was a knock-on domino effect. And I think okay. that's how I think kind of it sort of his, his, his managerial sort of reign sort of unraveled, really. Um, I, the only other thing I would have done apart from right-back and left-back and, and more centre-back would have been Johansson. I think I might have signed a placement for Johansson. I might have got someone like Grealish if I could have got him. Wow. So it would have been those four players. Um, and other than that, I'd be starting AK, Seth, Mitrovic, you up front. Um, but then, you know, we, we moaned about how we, we bought so many players right at the end. But I, I noticed on the, um, I think it was a thread called In Previous Relegation Seasons. And uh, I think someone posted rightly that actually it was Jokanovic who started to play all seven in the first in the first game, you know, if he didn't think it was a good idea, why would he play them? So I can I can see the two two sides of the coin, really. Yep. Very interesting. Milo, right back to you because I'm glad that you diagnosed the uh, fullback issue. So if you were in charge, that would have been along with obviously center back, basically just rehauling the defense. That would have been your first plan would have been really to take care of that. And that makes sense because, again, that goes to thinking about, well, what's best under the system with Savisa? You're thinking fullback first. So maybe that was, again, if you were, it's hindsight when you look at Frederick's leaving, we knew he was going to leave. But not having the ability to really replace the fullbacks might have been the, like you said, the domino effect. Yeah, well, I did, I did actually. Um, there was a few of us who sort of posted, sort of, I think, I think, Snark, I think the Snarks who posted on that, on that side I was just talking about, how, yeah, we were all very happy with the signings we made. No one really disputed right. anything. Uh, and I think that some of us actually did sort of say, oh, well, you know, it is very late in the day. And actually, you know, where are the fullbacks? You know, these things are right. important. But, you know, at that point, you can't really turn around and say, oh, they're all going to fail. Because if they don't, you, you know, you get very quickly reprimanded on, on the forum, don't you? So. Okay, very good. Scott, over to you. Thoughts on what the guys shared? And if you were Tony Khan, what would have been your plan? Yeah, I mean, both bring up both uh, both bring up sort of really good sort of topics um, in regards to the way we brought players in and not really tying down. I think one of the most important things is that I think we we, we kind of bought and introduced too many players. There was too much change. Um, you know, we should have maybe concentrated a little bit more um, on tying down some of the low needs. I mean. I know we sort of look at Norwood this season. He's playing for Sheffield United and he seems to be a bit of a class act for them. Um, he's not a great player, but I think he would have put himself about a bit more than, than current players that we've got at the moment. Um, we look how drastic that back line's been. Um, would Callis probably have made a difference over Ream and Adoy? Possibly. Um, like you say, Fredericks, we knew, was going. Um, yeah. You know, brought up a, a good point where, you know, I think we started off with three different targets, and then, you know, we we still ended up with a championship right back who we knew was an understudy to um, obviously Fredericks. Um, you know, so you you kind of look at that back line, and it, it literally you know is and was a Swiss cheese, and yeah, into that mix, you know, we we bought Morrison injured. Um, you know, <clears throat> coming back on that, Scott. Well, coming back to the original question, I mean, um, as, as Milo pointed out, yes, I, I would have bought him. Um, okay. Sent back. Um, but if we were going to take a chance in, in obviously buying him injured, then we, we needed a backup. We needed somebody else that could come in and obviously sort of play centre-back. I think for us and I think for Tony, um, 
the whole situation was a little bit rushed. We did late, obviously, for the playoffs, so it left us, you know, sort of less time than anyone else to get players in. Yes. Uh, on top of that, you know, we had so many loan players to replace. And then what you also find is, I mean, we lacked a lot of experience from the jump from the championship to the premiership. I mean, we don't know how good Talbot and his son is, is in regards to sort of scouting in that division above, you know, were we looking for players? We, we just seemed to do kind of bits and we never really concentrated on the whole squad. We never spread the love. Um, you know, the whole goalkeeper situation, we went out for two goalkeepers, a big word of English, um, we left with a championship goalkeeper. Um, you know, and before we kick the season off, you know, we're starting with a team that, you know, are going to get hammered. Um, and, we, and we all knew that. I mean, we, we kind of got away with it in the championship because of Slavisa's style of playing quick attacking football. So, you know, our sort of defenders weren't kind of under a lot of pressure. But I mean, you're playing in one of the best leagues in the world. And, you know, we I kind of look at that and thought, really missed out sort of investing in the proper areas, you know? Right. And Scott, uh, during this conversation, I believe it was Milo. Was it you, Milo, that that said Johansson? Get a replacement uh, for Johansson? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying, if I was going to pick one player out of the midfield and the attack to replace, I thought maybe it was Johansson out of okay. everybody who perhaps couldn't make the step up. Okay. Um, that's, yeah. very, that's very good. Scott, what are your thoughts about that? Because, again, I'm glad that he brought that up. Because there's all the talk, and, you know, again, media likes to talk about, well, they should have just went with the championship side. Well, I love Stefan Johansson. I love Kevin McDonald. I think they're both showing that neither one of them are good enough for the Premier League. So I'm glad that Milo brought that up, that they needed a replacement for Johansson. They also needed a replacement for McDonald. I know they brought in Surrey, and Surrey is a, a different type of player. And then, of course, they've got uh, they got Nguisa, too. But did, yeah. they, did they really find a replacement for someone like Stefan Johansson who fit into Savisa's style? Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, a lot of the players that we thought would make a step up haven't. Um, Reen struggled. Adoy struggled. That's right. You know, regardless of um, Adoy putting in a shift every single game, he's just not Premier League quality. Um, right. Christie struggled. Brian struggled, although he's coming into his own a little bit more now. Um, you know, McDonald, he's, you know, he he's a leader. You know, he, he puts a foot in, but he's... He's just he's, too slow, though. Yeah, he's too slow. Um, and Kennedy the same. Um, right. You know, all the players that we thought would step up um, hadn't. Um, I mean, Mitrovic, you know, started scoring goals, but he's he's tailed off again now. Um, you know, his pace is, is a bit of an issue, but then obviously he's not got much support. So there's lots of ifs and buts of what we could do. I just, and it comes down to balance. I mean, even if you kind of did kind of keep Johansson in the side, I mean, you still needed to complement them with other players. I just right. think we from one scale to another too quickly um, and didn't really integrate enough into that squad. We kind of went in one direction too much and we tried to fill a lot of Rolls Royce players that realistically haven't fit the bill. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't really feel that they're playing for the club. Um, and that's that's the massive gap we have there. That's very interesting that you put it that way, Scott. You know, Rolls Royce players, you also need what we would say over here, like meat and potato players, you know, just players that do their job. You yeah. know, and, and I'll use someone as an example. Maybe you guys disagree with this. Wasn't the greatest player, but someone that you can count on. Someone like Chris Baird. Where's the Chris Baird on this team that you I'm know you can story, count on? Well, yeah, I guess I, I guess you could say it's that. On the team, 900, 900K, um, overperforming, can play in pretty much any position. 
he, he, he's sort of the dead of sword. But unfortunately, we've had to rely on him at centre-back every game. <laughs> and, this, and the Premiership is, is a completely different animal now, you know. Um, so I think he True, is but do you think there. he's I at the think, level yeah. that Chris Baird got to? Chris Baird, I, I think, was a Premier League player. I don't think Dennis Adoy really is that level. Yeah, I mean, there's there's mistakes in Dennis Adore, isn't there? There's there's mistakes. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, I see. I I completely agree. Um, but I I guess you'll you'll never completely replace anyone, can you? But uh, I think if we're going to get close to Chris Baird, then Dennis Adore is the man. But, okay. Yeah. Fair point. All right, guys, I'm gonna put you in the shoes of Tony Khan one more time. Scott, I'll start with you. You're Tony Khan. What is your first move once this season ends? What's the first thing you do? Um, I think the coach is, is a big factor um, as soon as this season ends. If not, I think we need to have something tied up before the season ends. I think um, the club and as a group of players, I think they need to know who is going to be the guy that's kind of um, going to lead us into next season. Um, I mean, if we're talking about as soon as that whistle blows, I mean, I think yes. um, as a club, I think we, we need to look um, and sit down and not just about obviously what went wrong last season and how the team's performing. I think there's a few things outside of the first team in and around the club that's also kind of not gone right this season. And I think he needs to have a good hard look of, of how we fouled um, this season. Right. right Scott, that goes to me talking about self-evaluation. They need to evaluate everything. Yeah. Um, not just obviously about what's gone on the pitch, but you know, behind everything. the scenes, you know, everything. what job people are doing. I mean, yes. you know, we're employed to make a difference. Uh, I mean, we've got to look at the scouts. We've got to look at the people. Everyone. <laughs> behind everything. Um, yes. And we've I'm got, with you. We've got this wrong. It's not like the relegation we had last time. I mean, we kind of we got it wrong, but we inherited a team, or he inherited a team that was kind of on the decline. Didn't know much about football. We've gone down, but we, you know, we we've had a couple of years at it. We've, you know, we've had some mistakes, and we've, we've had to put things right. But you know, we we've come up, and we've got this severely wrong. Not just yes. on the off it, you know, the way we've represented ourselves and and everything. And I think Tony Khan this summer has to have a really really good look, not just at that himself um, I totally agree um, you know and he's got to make amends next season I think right. he's got a lot right to get a lot of fans back on side totally agree Scott and the one thing that I will say and fair to criticize Tony Khan because everything's happening underneath his watch it's under his watch so Scott I, I know you agree with me on this that his intentions were good it just failed yeah I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, um, he knows I'm probably one of his biggest critics. Um, I'm not saying that he went out deliberately to do, you know, what what happened. Or sorry, he didn't set out to make what happened this season. He went out with the best intentions. I'm sure him and his dad want a successful Premier League club and uh, they want them competing, you know, with the elite. But it's yeah. been very frustrating. We we've made a lot of schoolboy errors again. We've looked very amateur. We've looked we've looked stupid. We've looked silly in some instances. Um, you know, and for, 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 for something to go wrong that badly, it's it's a bad business model. And I think, you know, Tony, Chad, they all need to sit down and, and have a look at how they can, you know, kind of correct this for next season. Totally agree. Because, well, um, they're going to the make plan- the same mistakes, Scott. They need yeah. to self-evaluate. Yeah, I mean, they're building the Riverside next season. Um, you know, the platform is good. We have the money. You know, we have the area. We, you know, we have the fan base. And I, I just feel that we... We've missed a glorious opportunity to put ourselves back on the Premiership Elite. Yeah. Um, and now we've undone all that, that hard work and we've now got to reevaluate and, and go again. Absolutely, Scott. El Grino, over to you. You can share your thoughts on what Scott just shared. He was talking about first move would be 
look at the coach, but also we talked about self-evaluating everything, and I'm all for that. What would be your first move? I think completely, Oku and Scott, it's, it's got to be the coach first and foremost. He's, he's the spearhead, he's the leader, and from that it should all kind of dovetail into whoever it be their plan. Um, I think Tony Khan has already said in the recent Supporters Trust meeting that he doesn't want to rely on as many loans for next season. I saw um, that. That was, that was obviously one of the issues. So hopefully... I think that set us back, El Greenio. Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, we already needed upgrades, but then to need upgrades on top of the players that we lost through loan, was it was just too much, and it just descended into chaos. It looked like something out of the NFL, basically, which they're more used to. So maybe sure. maybe he's uh, going to get to a bit more to grips with with this uh, soccer ball, and and hopefully we can have a nice season. Hopefully, I'm there with you. Milo, over to you. What would be your first move? And feel free to share the, your thoughts on what the guys just shared. Well, I mean, I'm complete agreement. I think it's the manager, isn't it? I think um, I think it's, it's even more important than the well, it should be even more important than the director of football debate because he, the manager, he's got his own style. He knows what player he wants. He can dictate whether or not he wants to keep these players, change these players. Um, I think I was, I was reading an article about um, managerial interviews the other day and they were talking about how they sit down and they say, how do you want to play? What style of players do you want? Then they fit it for the club. Well, we've got the luxury now of saying, well, listen, we can rebuild or we can start again. Or, you know, but we need to fit the right person. We need to put them in nice and early, as yep. Alistair McIntosh said in the FST uh, uh, minutes. Um, and my concern is that like Tony Khan then corrected him in the FSC uh, minutes, whether or not um, there'll be some dilly-dallying about whether or not Scott Parker stays, goes, whether that'll be handled well. Um, and, and who are we going to bring in? I mean, we, we had a poll about it last month on the on the forum, okay. and six, 68% of people wanted Slavisa back. Yeah. Really? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Wow, that's I a huge number. Lee, Lee Johnson was throwing around, uh, David Wagner. Um, yep. Endel, you know, but there weren't any real standout candidates who were sort of still living in the past. I mean, I'd like Slavisa back, but I don't know what the others, what, what everyone else, what everyone else thinks. Sorry to derail the question a little. No, bit. that's okay. That's actually a, a good topic since you brought that up. Because let's just play the game and say they decide not to keep Scott Parker permanently. He's just a caretaker manager. You'd want Slavisa back, Milo, correct? Um. I think so. I, I still think there's a little part of my brain that's thinking that, you know, old romantic. <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? sure. I still think that I'm a little bit rose-tinted glasses. Okay. Um, and I think the dust does itself. But I think, I think Slavis knows it has to get out of the championship. The players we've currently got, if we're keeping them, the Kearneys, et cetera, the Sessignons, they like him, they know him. He might be able to keep Mitrovic. Yep. Um, and if we want to bounce back, like Scott says, straight away, yep. then we need to get these players playing. Um, but it seems, but then it seems odd if we if we drop with the new appointment of that first team coach, which seems a great appointment from Spurs. If we drop Scott Parker, where will those two men be next season? Will they stay? Will they move on? Is that a missed opportunity? You know, it needs a lot of discussion. 
It does. It's actually, I'm glad that you brought this up because it's an interesting topic. You guys are all talking about the first decision being Scott Parker, decision on Scott Parker. El Grino, over to you. Let's just play the game. Let's say they decide to move on from him. So who would you want in? Milo says uh, Savisa. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, could I just say I don't think he'd want to come back, to be honest. Okay. Just to ram heads with Tony Khan again about transfers. I can't right. see it, to be honest. He's enjoying speedboating around Paris and <laughs> wherever he is. Is he speedboating um, around Paris? <laughs> yeah, on the river. They've been flooding again, haven't they? <laughs> well, Agrino, um, how about you? What, what are your thoughts on I, that? I know we're just playing a game. Let's just say they decide to move on. What would be your move? What would be your manager choice if I, you had a choice? Honestly, I have no idea. None at all. Beyond okay. Scott Parker, I have literally no one that I'd kind of bite your hand off at. To be honest, maybe they'll they'll go like a few other clubs and have a look in yep. Germany and see what's what's going about. As soon as they're the new kind of hot topic in terms of coaching and advancements, but I beyond Scott Parker, not a clue. Good luck with that, Tony Khan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Very Shai good. Man. Mr. Tanfield, what are your thoughts on all this? Again, Milo just brought up the fact that uh, people are talking about Savisa coming back, that they'd want Savisa back on on the forum. So what do you make of that, and do you have any particular choice at this point if they did not uh, make Scott Parker the permanent manager? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he's going to come back. You know, I think um, there were some underlying problems there anyway. Um, He never kind of extended his contract. Um, whether it was down to money, whether it was down to obviously control of players, we don't know. But I don't think there was any kind of love there between the two. Um, I think Savisa had a passion for Fulham, um, but I don't think he had a passion for Tony Khan, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, I think, you know, don't get me wrong, we go down. We, you know, If he did come back, um, he's the ideal manager to get us back up. We know what we're going to get with him. Football will be exciting. We're going to score goals. Um, and with a sort of a strengthened team, um, you know, I think the, the opportunity of coming straight back up is going to be there. Um, obviously, with somebody else, we've got to change the flavour a little bit. Um, right. You know, the style. You know, players have got to fit that, and you know, we we could start off a little bit slow for next season. So I think that's the, the reason why people look at um, obviously um, Savisa. Um, but you know, yeah, the also, continuity. Yeah, the continuity. I mean, I was all for, um, obviously, um, going down with Slavisa. He, some of his stuff was frustrating in regards that he was playing, but then obviously we got it a little bit wrong. Um, maybe we should have done the Burnley act and, and sort of went down with Slavisa. And, you know, you mean like Deitch? Yeah, but Did we don't know that he would stayed Russ, to be honest with you. I mean, there was rumours that I heard that he was kind of sniffing around an unnamed club in Spain. We were sort of approaching him for new contracts and stuff. So they okay. just it wasn't kind of something quite right there anyway. Um, okay. I think we would have probably parted company. Um, but going back to what the guys say, I mean, some of the names that are floating about at the moment, I mean, Christ, um, Steve Clark, sort of really ugly head again. I'm not a fan of his. I'm just going to say know. that. Um, I don't care how well he's doing up at Colmarnock, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I would not want to see him um, at Fulham. The other guy come back into contention again, the old Leicester manager. Um, you know... <sighs> I mean, uh, beyond that, as you say, um, who else is there? Um, I mean, right. the, the all decision is going to be obviously with Shad because he he picks the coach. Um, yep. uh, 
we always like a statement. Um, I'm not sure whether we've learned from Kit Simons last time. Um, you know, as much as Scott Parker seems to still be getting a little bit more out of them players, is he going to be enough or enough experience to drop and kind of maybe gets back at the first attempt? Possibly no. With, with yeah. a new young manager like that, you may have to nurture him for a couple of seasons before right. he finds him right, you know. So it's difficult. Um, yeah, it is. There's, there, there isn't a lot out there, Russ, and I'm kind of scratching my head. I mean, the only, no, I know. The only kind of uh, obvious option is Wagner. But when I looked at him at Huddersfield, I wasn't 100% kind of convinced by him. Um, I mean, that run-up. See, I know good. others are, are for him. I'm not sure if I am, Scott. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm, I don't no, know no. if I enjoyed w- watching their style play when they were in the championship and then in the Premier League. I, I don't know if he's the right fit. No, I mean we murdered them twice, didn't we? Yeah, uh, I mean that. I mean I can't get that, you know, out uh, of my mind either. It's like there's a reason yeah. why Savisa was able to go to town on that team. So yeah, and, and, and as you know, we 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 got sort of beat by poor Reading side and um, kind of Huddersfield only just beat a poor Reading side in the final, didn't they? By penalties, yeah. there wasn't anything spectacular about Wagner, so I think that could be a risk. Um, yeah. People based on the promotion that you have with Huddersfield. But outside of him, um, I haven't got a clue, Russ, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> well, it's an interesting situation we're going to have to follow. That's why I'm glad that you guys all basically were talking about your first move. We basically evaluate Scott Parker, and then we go from there. All right, guys. We have a ton of questions. We'll try to get to as many as we can. And what I might do is maybe just go – a question for each of you just so we can get through so many of these because there are a ton of them. Let's start with White JC, who's been on the show. Oh, Grino, I'll go to you. Can we take any positives from this season? Um, maybe from lessons learned, hopefully, from Tony Khan. Um, maybe that the Riverside season ticket holders will have a lot more seats to pick from when they're moved out during the the reconstruction of the stand. Um, there's not a lot, is there, really? Let's face no. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mitrovic on a permanent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually a positive. That's one, <laughs> if, he, if he stays around. Um, Mawson, again, is a positive for me. Um, Joe Bryan should be capable enough when we go down. Um, I think at least this time we're a bit better equipped when we go down. I totally um, agree with that. In terms we have of, assets. We have yeah, assets this time. I mean, even even if players don't stay, we should get a bit more money than right. than what we got out of what we sold last time. Right. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot, is there? So thank, thanks no. for asking me that one. That was nice of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> right back to you, Agrino, because you brought up Metro, and this has been a question we've talked about on Cottage Talk, so I'm curious your thoughts, and then I'll, I'll move to the other guys with some other topics. Let's just – I'll throw it out there. Mitrovic wants to stay. He, for whatever reason, wants to stay at home down in the championship. But you have to look at it as a business, and someone comes with a huge money offer. What do you do? Um, offer them someone else that isn't Mitrovic. <laughs> I guess he's 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 so important. You can't – we don't want to have to be replacing again and finding that amount of goals, especially in the championship because everyone's feeding from the same pool. Um, I'd, yeah, offer him, offer him someone else. They can, they can have anyone but Mitrovic. <laughs> Give him even, – even Kearney, 
someone like that is okay. easier to replace than a Mitrovic. Okay, so for you, you would, if you could, hold on to him because you think he's more valuable than the money. Then. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Let's okay. face it, the can the cans aren't short of a few Bob Eva, so. They have some money. They they have a good amount of money. Okay. All right. I'm going to go to you, Milo. This is from the Rational Fan. What can we learn from past yo-yo teams that went up, went down, went up again, and stayed up? Using the example of um, West Bromwich Albion in 2009 and Burnley in 2015. Can we learn anything from these teams? Uh, yeah, I think I think he, I think uh, rational. Fan, I, I think I, I remember him asking the question to start with, and he and he posted a really long post sort of answering his own question, which I thought was fair enough. It was about, about it's a bit of a weighted question, but um, I I I think what he brings is a very important point is that we've got to learn from successful teams who've done it, reflect on our own mistakes, but right. learn from others too. So, and I think that. I, I'll, I'll expand it, not just uh, West Brom Albion in, in 2009 and Burnley in 2015, that I think he's talking about, but also um, Wolves last year. What did they do that was that that allowed them to develop? Um, what about um, and what did the mistakes with teams like Villa, who who dropped down, kept their team, and then got into financial problems? Sunderland, right. who who dropped out into League One. Um, so you would look at the mistakes as well. I'd, I'd look at the mistakes from teams that dropped down. I'd look at the, 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 the teams that were successful in going up. And I'd expand his question, really. Um, I don't think we've fully explored it on, on the forum. I don't think there's a perfect answer. I will say about the Wolves fact, though, that um, we did discuss that on the forum. And okay. I seem to remember um, people, like, I think it was MJG, who said, you know, the idea of, of, of fixing ourselves to a... Um, to a to an agent, a super agent, to try and get players that that's holding us to ransom, etc. So we can't really follow that model. So, oh, it's difficult. It's difficult. See, that's I why the, the wolves. Is, yeah, yeah, the, the wolves thing. You know, I I don't hear enough about this. I know you guys are talking about it on on the forum. Is that I think it's a bad comparison with Fulham, and even think about doing them because of the super agent basically bringing all those players, and you are just at the mercy of that agent. I know. Look at Wolves now, but think about what you had to do to become that team. Did someone say, um, again on the forum, that uh, it was the same agent who got us Seri and Anguisa? I'm not sure if that's true. But but are those little signs? It's George Mendes, correct? Isn't it George Mendes? Uh, Well, that's Mendes with with Wolves. um, But I think it was someone else. I can't remember who posted it now. Said so something about there being one agent who seemed to who seemed to get us a couple of our players this season. Oh. So perhaps there's signs that we've tried to sort of align to hmm. to um, to agents, and it hasn't it hasn't really worked. So I don't think it's possible to follow the Wolves model. Um, okay. But I think largely the idea is keep your players, um, and you should go back up if you've got the financial clout. Uh, clout unlike Villa last year who got into a little bit of a, a pickle financially. And I think that's the key. You've got to be able to balance the books. But hopefully from the FST supporters meet, a, um, AM talks about um, having relegation clauses built into contracts, etc. So it sounds like perhaps we're more likely to be able to survive the drop um, next year. Okay, very good there. Milo, great stuff. Mr. Tanfield, to you. This is from Ray Smith. I want to specifically talk to you about this because – 
I find it interesting. Has this season been inevitable coming up through the playoffs at the last minute with a lot of loans, having to get a lot of players in quick, or are individuals to blame or both? I find this topic interesting. I'm curious your thoughts on it. I'll share mine too after you. Has it been inevitable? Um, I don't think it needed to be. Um, I thought that we had, I think this goes back to the other discussion we had, Russ, to be honest with you. I thought we, we sort of had enough kind of clout behind us um, to, to really make something of this season. I'm not talking about challenging for, for Europe or anything like that, but right. you know, to, to kind of have a ball be there. I mean, when you look at some of the players that we brought in, um, you know, Siri, um, and Guisa, um, you know, with Mitrovic on board, um, Andre Schell, you know, we brought Babylon, um, you know, we, we, we all kind of thought that we would have a fantastic season, but we'd do enough just to keep our heads above water. Um, but the problem that we've got is that, you know, we, we haven't planned enough. Um, for me, I think it's inevitable because I think we haven't, and I think we're still very inexperienced as a setup. Um, you know, I don't think I think we we've gone out with our best intentions to to make right. it seem good, but I think we've we've come away begging our faces because I just don't think we've got the footballing people behind the scenes um, to take this club forward, or you know, to 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 kind of manage it on a, on a Premier League type platform. Um, sure. You know, and because of that, yes, we've you know we failed. Um, and we failed miserably. Um, and this kind of links us to all the other kind of conversations that we have, you know, the positives from the season and stuff like that. And, you know, listening to El Grino and uh, him, <laughs> you know, every fan you speak to, it's just a glum response, isn't it? I mean, right. what are the positives of this season? I mean, right. to be honest, I mean I've, I've been very hit and miss this season with games. Um, I just sure. feel from a club perspective that... We seem as fans so far away from the club. We don't seem very involved. Um, I think they've approached this season with um, a kind of an attribute to make money um, and not really think about the fans. Um, you know, and as paying fans, we've lacked spirit, determination, guts on the pitch. Um, and for me, that's a big one. Um, and I think, yeah, it's been inevitable and it's, it's been a failure that we, we, we seriously need to learn lessons from Russ. Absolutely. Like I said, this goes back to earlier, Scott, when you and I were talking about self-evaluation. They need to figure out and admit how this all went wrong. And you have to look at yourself. You have to look at everyone, say, okay, this is what we did. We cannot do this again. And that actually goes to when when I'm looking at the question, talking about the loans and thinking about how late in the season, you know, again, we're talking the end of May, when the championship, the stacks were actually stacked against them. And then you have on top of that, the Premier League changing the date of um, the uh, window closing that actually really affected them, Scott. So I think it's a combination of everything that we're talking about. And if I, I know it's hindsight, but I do think that factors of not having the same amount of time that teams normally would have, you know, being one of these teams that, you know, wins through the championship final, I think you're, you're up against it a little bit. I don't think I realized it as much when, obviously, when I'm at Wembley, you know, excited and thinking, okay, they can do this. But this does not, Scott, give a pass to all the mistakes that were made. It just magnifies it. 
you know, wait, having wait, all wait. the loans and, and, and everything. It's a combination of everything. But the, the other factors that just make it harder were the fact that we didn't get automatic promotion, Scott, that we had to do it through the final. And then, then we, had, we had less time on the back end because they changed the end of the transfer window. Well, let me ask you one question, Russ. I'm sorry to go sure. off. Oh, I mean, this is directed, uh, obviously, the other guys as well. Now, sure. we look at the mistakes in the championship. We go up for the playoffs. And, you know, I, I always call that luck. Um, and I put most of that down to, obviously, the way that Savisa coached that side and that kind of run that we had with, you know, sort of 24 billion games. Um, but if we'd had Mitrovic from the start of the season, we were <laughs> out for a striker, yeah. would we have gone up as champions? And I believe that we would. Um, so again, it's, okay. it's elements that we still lacked in a good season that I feel that we could have done better. Um, wow. that's a great topic there, Scott. That's a great way. It was, it was the missing link, I think, from okay. us being uh, an automatic. But promotion. I will say target was a factor too, Scott. It wasn't, you know, target, target, target was a factor because I think they, they, they were the two big elements. Um, but if you'd had them in place at the beginning of the season, when we were screaming out for say like a left back, yeah. I do believe that we would have gone up as, as maybe one of the top two teams. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose that to the guys, Scott. I'm going to answer. Yeah. I agree with you. Yes. I, I think they I think they actually are champions. I think they're better than uh, Wolves if that was the team from the beginning of the season. With those two additions, I'm going to put Target in there too because I think he's a factor as well. They had those yeah. two players at the beginning of the season. I think Fulham are champions, and I think they get automatic promotion. I'm going to go to you uh, first, El Grino. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we would have gone up as champions. Um, I think that Wolves team were pretty exemplary. Okay. Um, but automatic promotion, yeah, I could, I can buy into that. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> I, could, I could see it happening. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. Milo, how about you? I was just going to add your list of two people um, the fact that Kearney was difficult to get until uh, halfway through the season that's a great and point that we had Johansson pretty much holding the team together getting some important goals um, that's a good injured, point apparently so you know we, that's we also actually a good Kearney. point Kearney starting the season injured that was a factor as well I'm glad that you brought that up Milo alright guys let's move on we have a ton of questions and not much time left and um I'm going to go back to you, El Grino. This is, again, from, from White JC. What can the club do to try to reconnect with the fans? Oh, God. Uh, well, prices is a big one at the moment, isn't it? Ticket prices are just extortionate. Obviously, you you kind of you take the, the Premier League devil as it is of getting all the games moved and not having that Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff every week. Um but there's a lot. There's a lot of people that I know that have been priced out this season, and it's a shame because they're the ones that that have stuck with us, kind of through the the championship and previous seasons. Um, it'd be nice. Hopefully, we'll have an answer in the next month about the Riverside as well. Yeah, if that can finally get over the line, then that that's hopefully a big thing for everyone, apart from those sat in the Riverside who have to move. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think those are two big things. Obviously, the Riverside's been going on for years and sure. years and years, and it'd be nice to to have a almost complete home again. Um, sure, yeah. I certainly understand both parts of that. You know, and again, 
I'm here and I can just tell you guys the uh, ticket prices are, again, through the roof. If I told you how much Patriots tickets were, you, you wouldn't believe me, but it's that expensive. So I am definitely understanding to the ticket prices with fans, with the phone fans, with with fans of, of any sport because the prices are just out of control. So I certainly understand that as being a, a way to reconnect with the fans, the, the pricing. But I want to go back to talking to you about the Riverside Stand project. And, and yes, it's going to move forward. It looks like everything's going ahead. But here's one thing that I, I want people to understand. And I'll agree with you. I think you're going to understand it because we were talking about ticket pricing. Here I can just tell you when, when a brand new stadium was built, this was a long time ago, the sticker shock came once it was built and the prices came. And I just hope fans understand that once this Riverside stand is done, that it, I, I think the prices are going to be very high. El Grino, uh, would you agree with me? Uh, I, I, I hate to go not. there, but I'm just telling you that that's yeah. how it works. I'd... Thing is, I'd, I think regardless of that, I don't think they'll drop too much next season anyway. Okay. Not in terms of season tickets because okay. they'll spin it. The, you you get the extra, the extra home games, um, as part of the the extra teams in the championship. Um. But yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of angry people if if they if they do skyrocket as part of the new stands. I'm just yeah. Again, I'm just trying to just caution people because I've seen it here and listen, I hope I'm wrong. I, I really do. I just have seen it, not just with my team here. It's kind of across the board. And I'm just, I just want to just warn people when this gets built, because everyone wants it built that don't be shocked if the prices are high. I'm just going to say it now, just to, to, just so people are prepared in advance because we are talking about ticket prices and they're being high now. Um, fearful of what they could be with the Riverside stand development, El Grino. So I just wanted to bring that up. Okay. So we'll blame you for they don't go down. Yeah, you can blame me. Yeah. Just... yeah. How much how much <laughs> the club paying you to say that? They're not. I'm just I'm just <laughs> telling you that I'm just I'm just trying to be a realist on it, El Grino. If you can understand where I'm coming from. As someone who saw it and saw all the complaints here. So I'm just trying to basically just prepare everyone. I, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, that's a doubt. All right. So, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> sorry about that. Okay. Milo, back to you. This is from Hove White. What players bought in last summer do you think the club will retain? Um, okay. Uh, I think this is, I mean, so again, it goes back to who our manager's going to be. Um, it goes back to uh, who wants to leave. Um, there are so many unknowns. Personally, I think it'll be a mixture of people thinking they're too good for the championship um, and people demanding to leave. And I think that we will try and retain as many people as we can, but there will never be some people who, who, who force a move. I think, I think Rico will go, um, obviously, as that loan terminates, which leaves Betts and Rodak to fight for goalkeeper. I think we'll obviously keep Christie, but whether or not he'll ever really become a Prem level player, I think the prognosis is poor. We'll obviously keep a doy. I think Reem will keep, but he's getting on a little bit in terms of looking to the future. Brian, I think, should be the blueprint for all our purchases this summer. Someone okay. who, in two, three years' time, can be a 
prem level player as he's shown in the past few games but was bought five six million pounds good chance on a championship player i think we'll keep k back i think his program notes prove that um, okay he he's sort of gone full circle now i think johansson i think he might leave i think he i think i think having gone to west brom on loan and his contract i believe is up this summer i think he'll leave i think we won't have many suitors for Anguissa, especially not on the money that we want. And I don't think he's in a position really to force a move. I think he'll probably stay and should be quite successful. I think Seri, I think human nature is going to take over with Seri. I think he thinks from going from Barcelona to Fulham in the championship two years later, yep. I don't think he'll mentally accept that. Even though I think a lot of people, if we took him to one side, would sort of rationalise it with him. I don't think he'll see it. I think he'll try and leave. I think Kenny, it's probably his, if he's at 28, his last chance of moving if he's going to go to the Prem, but then he'll win the captaincy band. I think he's up in the air. And then we've already talked about Mitrovic, so I won't touch on it. I yep. think, again, Seth marginalised a little bit under Ranieri, has seen Hudson Adoy and Stancho at the same age make it in an England shirt playing for big clubs and you're thinking, oh, having seen the under twenty one game the other night, is his career dwindling? Do you think he'll force a move to try and elevate it? Honestly, there's so many unknowns. I don't know what the others sure. what the others think. Okay, very good there. Over to you, Agreeon. Thoughts on what uh Milo just shared. Uh firstly I think Kearney will stay purely for the fact that his partner's heavily pregnant and he wouldn't want to uproot unless West Ham come in again, which I can't see because they prefer random foreigners. Um, Mitro, I think, will stay. I think the keepers will go apart from bets. Um, I think if one of that kind of French group of Seri and Gisa um, AK-47 when he comes back yep. um, Maxime Le Marchand I think if one of those go then a few more of them will um, K-Mac will stay all, all the other defenders will stay um, who else is there? Johansson I, I think if Scott Parker gets the job Johansson will stay because I think they're a very good fit for each other okay but I can easily see his head being turned. Um, who else is there? Mawson will stay purely because no one will want him because he's been injured. <laughs> um, that's about everyone, isn't it, really? Okay. All the lone, all the lone players will go back. Sure. Scott, quickly, your thoughts on that, and we'll wrap it up with one final question for the three of you. Yeah, roughly the same, I think. Um, obviously, I think Rico will go back naturally. Um, I think uh, the other chap will want to go back to uh, Mexic Tess. Um, you're probably going to retain Brian, um, Christy, Adoy, Reem, um, K-Mac. Um, now, Johansson, I'm a little bit kind of, I'm swayed on him because the initial reaction was that he wanted to go purely because Ranieri. Now, Ranieri right. is a kind of um, a background there. I would that, bring him back. I, yeah, I a lot of players. A lot of players didn't agree with, and he couldn't wait to get out simply because of right. that Ranieri played. And now that he's gone, um, we've still got a year's option on um, Johansson. We can quite easily bring him back and extend Absolutely. that option. Um, so I think I'm kind of changed with him, and he, okay. he 
be an asset again in the championship. Um, I mean, looking at the kind of French players, um, I mean, Le Marchant will probably retain, I think, because he's no good in the Premier League. He probably could be a decent addition in the championship. Anguissa, um, long-term contract, no one's going to pay the money for him, I think. No, I think he's done. He needs to prove himself in the championship. Um Right about Siri. Siri, I think, um, believes that he should still be playing for Barcelona. And I think he pulls on the Fulham shirt thinking that sometimes. So, and his mindset isn't at the club. I just don't think he's Fulham whatsoever. Um, I think go. Um, Mitrovic, um, touch and go with him, really. Five-year contract. Um, so, we do all hold the cards with him. Um, but I think he would actually push for a, um, another club. I could see a West Ham or a Leicester coming in for him. Um, okay. Vieto's going to go back. We'll retain Isai. We'll retain Cabano. Um, Babel will go back. Um, I think retain Sessignon, um, unless obviously we get a ridiculous offer for him. Um, so, and again, coming back to the other question about positives for this season, I think yeah. this is my only positive, Russ, to be honest with you. For once, we've learned our lessons and we've actually sort of tied down our asset. Yes. We lose a few of these players or not, we can demand decent money. Kenny, yes. um, 28. Dodgy knee. Um, he's proved that he's not got the pace for the Premiership. Uh, McGrinney is quite right. I can't see West Ham coming in for him or any other clubs, to be honest. Could be wrong, but I just don't okay. feel that he's step up, so I'll end up retaining him. Um, so I think we've got a decent, decent um, platform there to build something for next season. Um, you know, with McKay Mack in the mix as well, um, I think we do pretty well if we get our asses into gear and add the right additions. Okay, excellent. I do want to mention, because uh, I just don't have time for all of these questions, we, we have some great questions from Tasha's mate and also another one from the Rational Fan and, and Heather Smith. Heather actually had a question, but we kind of talked about it during the show. Do you think Scotty will give any youngsters time in the first team before the end of the season? We kind of went through that during the show, but I want to thank everyone for those questions. I'm leaving, because you could say, a tough one for the end. And it's for all three of you, and that's how we're going to end the show. And it's actually two questions and one that basically on the same subject. So, Milo, I'm going to give you first crack at this, okay? This is from Jim's Beer Belly. Should Tony Khan remain in his position as director of football? Wooly Mammoth says, when is Tony Khan being replaced? (laughs) So it's kind of a combination. I know this 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 is a wild way to end the show. But I want your thoughts on this, and then I'll go to El Grino. Yeah, classic, classic Willie Mammoth. Um, yeah, um, I, I. So I, I've seen lots of arguments both ways. I think I read um, on one of the posts that um, someone argued. I think it was Snarks that Tony Khan's tipped the iceberg. It was a two-tick system. What about the deeper issues? You know, people like Tall, but should start to take the blame. I, I agree with that to an extent. I also saw, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, your candidate shouldn't have to play all these new faces. Maybe he was chopping and changing. There's an element of it there. And I think ultimately, for me, we have to, I know it sounds a bit vulgar, but Tony Khan allows us to unlock his father's money. He's the key that is the bridge between the football and his, and his father's wallet, as horrible as that sounds. And I think that we, we it would be great for Fulham if, if we retain Tony Khan in, in a high role, still doing that. But I would like to see him appoint a co-director of football or someone just below him, okay. whatever suits his, suits, his, 
that that helps and we've talked about it on the forum we've talked about mike, you know, mike rigg and we talked about the the ex london director of football so there's names floating around yeah you know. okay very good el Grino, your thoughts on these two questions about tony khan uh it's better the devil you know for me i, I don't think he's going anywhere as long as shad khan is in charge of the club tony khan is going nowhere um but again it's around that looking back and seeing where we went wrong and building the the team around him has he got the right team or is it starting to get a bit outdated and not with the times like other clubs like the wolves that we see progressing kind of year on year i don't think it is so yeah as milo says we need him to unlock his dad's pockets basically okay and He's here for the long run. Okay. Very good. Mr. Tanfield, I'll, I'll give you the honors of uh, the last uh, comments on these two questions about Tony Khan. Yeah. Um, once again, um, you know, I'm Tony's biggest critic. Um, I think he's got a lot wrong this season. He's not intentionally gone out to do it. Um, he's frustrated the hell out of me, especially as a fan, I think, with a lot of the decision-making, um, time-wasting, um, just not sort of heading things up with, with football experience. I think we've tried to redesign a lot of stuff um, and it's just not worked and it's just football. Um, and I'm in agreement. Um, you know, he is obviously um, spearhead to, to unlock his his dad's money um, and all the time that, that Shad is there, Tony's going to be at the club. And in right. some ways I respect him because he's taken a lot of abuse lately um, from me, from you know people on social media and won't go into it too much, but, you know, there's been some disgusting stuff you know, sort of, of late, which I think has gone overboard. Um, I've seen it. It is of, disgusting. Yeah, the, the old criticism. Um, it's right to criticise and it's right yes. to mow, pay our money, but I think when it oversteps the market, it gets a bit too much. It becomes yeah, personal. Just don't go over. Don't, don't go over the yeah. line, and, and some uh, have crossed the line. Yeah, he's not. He's not overstepped the mark. Uh, sorry, he's not deliberately gone out to, to to ruin the club. He's got things wrong, and I'm in agreement that, you know, from a footballing perspective, he's come in. Um, you know, he's he, he's promoted himself as director of football. You know, we've dealt with things um, that people have had years and seasons of experience in, and it's clearly shown this season that you know we or, or Tony does lack that experience. Um, I'm all for him remaining, um, but he needs to learn. He needs to learn quick from these mistakes and. He needs to confine in people that are experienced in the game. Yeah. Uh, if he's going to want to go and do this wrestling venture, you know, sort of dabble in, in the NFL and run a successful Premier League football club, it's not possible to concentrate on free ventures at the same time. He needs to realise that. Um, and I'm strongly in favour of bringing somebody in to the club that can sit, you know, just below him or just above him and, and, and be an advisory for him as he learns his trade because he's still a young, young chap, Russell. Yeah. See, I'm I'm with you, Scott, and I've said this several times. It happens with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, so it seems like you know a natural move to do it with Fulham as well. They do it there. Why wouldn't you do it here? Again, someone that can be an advisor. They have someone in that advisory role with the Jaguars. I'd like to see it here with Fulham, and I'm with you. I want him to learn from his mistakes. Look at everything, because uh, then. If he does, and maybe, you know, again, I, I would like him to get some help with someone that has um, some football knowledge just to help him on an advisory role, learn the trade, learn what is going on because he needs to learn from his mistakes. You don't want to repeat your mistakes. 
So I'm there with you. I, I think he should stay. He's going to stay. You know, let's be honest here. He's going to stay. So let's just see him try to learn from his mistakes and do the best job that he can. But I'm with you, Scott, that I would like him to have someone in there to help him. So that's, he's basically, again, he's basically, he's basically turned around and said that, you know, he's going to put right what went wrong this season. Yes. Ask him to do that. Um, yes. Yes. Give him a chance to do that. And if he can do it, that would be great. Because again, that would be a good for form. It would be good for himself. And, you know, I like, you know, people that can learn from their mistakes. I, I really hope Tony does, and, and hopefully Fulham will benefit from that. All right, guys, we do have to wrap up the show. This has been a fantastic show. You guys have been great. First, Milo, for your debut on Cottage Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, no, it was, it was great to uh, be by song. Thank you so much. And, and thanks to, uh, to all the listeners and to everyone who uh, makes Friends of Fulham and Cottage Talk so, so great. So thank you very much, especially after a tough season. You're very welcome. Milo, you you were great. El Grino, I know it's been a long time, but seriously, thank you for joining Scott and Milo along with myself tonight. You were great. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Nice to dust off the mic. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be back on in another five years. Yeah, I'd like you back before that. You have yeah, an invitation after, after to we've won the Champions before. League. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Tansfield, it's always a pleasure having you on. Never be a stranger. Please come back soon. Yeah, I will do. I'd just like to say a big thanks to both Milo and uh, Guarino for coming on. Um, you know, it's not easy sort of stepping up and kind of um, having to sort of talk Fulham and, and stuff like that. And, you know, they do a great job in the forum, um, yep. more than what I do. Um, and it's people like these guys that keep the place ticking over. So I would just like to say thanks to those two. Okay, excellent. And big shout out to everyone at Friends of Fulham. I wish I could have gotten to all of the questions. I, I want to thank everyone. I'm on Friends of Fulham all the time, and uh, it's a valuable message board that uh, I, I go to pretty much every day. So I want to thank everyone that participates, especially all the moderators, Scott, yourself, everyone involved. You guys do a great job. You guys are friends of, of me and, and of Cottage Talk. You'll always be friends. So just thank you for everything that you do for the Fulham fans. But it is time to wrap up this show of Cottage Talk. For my guests, the guys from Friends of Fulham, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.